Hi and welcome. I am your host of the River District podcast, Vivica Gravel, Community Development Coordinator for the River District and the City of Owen Sound. And I'm here with my friend Jennifer Miller of the Reach Center. She is the Executive Director. And uh, we're here to have a little bit of a conversation about the Reach Center, Gray Bruce, today. Um, Jennifer is a wealth of knowledge uh, for everything that has to do with Reach and has been uh, an integral part of making it happen. So hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. It's my first podcast. It's, it's not a bad setup, eh? Uh, They've got a, a really great um, uh, studio here for us at CTRE. And uh, we're lucky enough to be able to bring in local businesses and community groups and stuff like that and have a little bit of a chat about, um, you know, what you do and what you're bringing to the River District, what you're bringing to Owen Sound and how you're unique and all those kinds of things. And you definitely fall into all of those categories. So, uh, Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit about the Reach Center? Sure. Uh, We are a self-funded charity, which means we get no government funding that uh, provides programming for youth and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Okay. Um, So how does somebody with a developmental disability or their caregivers or whatever get in contact with you to to get them into the programming and and those kinds of things? How does that all kind of come from A to, to Z? So the process is pretty straightforward. There's an online application form, which is on our website, reachcenter.org. You download that, fill it in, send it to me, drop it off at the center, and then we review it, set up an intake assessment, sit down and chat with you. We do a tour and talk about all things REACH, get to know the potential participant a little bit better. And if they're a good fit for the program, we set up a start date. That simple. That's perfect. That is uh, very accessible for just about anybody to... uh participate in um now you have so much i've been lucky enough to get a tour and um, i actually know a couple of the the people who participate in reach um, from school and all of that kind of stuff um the space is incredible thank you it's truly truly beautiful um can you tell us a little bit about the building um why that location uh, what it offers all those kinds of things Sure, yes, absolutely. So it's pretty cool that we have just over 4,000 square feet that's fully accessible right downtown in the River District. So Mm -hmm. walking distance to everything, the library, local art galleries, coffee shops, all of that, which is very, very cool for our participants for community inclusion. Um, We acquired the space in 2020 and began uh, doing the construction work to retrofit the interior of the space at the height of the pandemic and worked in shifts and all kinds of fun things to figure that out it was all done by local volunteers. Um, and yeah, we opened March 2021 and have been going strong ever since. Yeah, I mean, uh, in, a, in addition to that, um, if you ever are so lucky to be able to see the space, I know that Jennifer had a particular hand in the design and um, all of that kind of stuff. I know there's a couple of light fixtures in particular that I would like to bring to my house. (laughs) Um, It's so beautiful. It's so welcoming. It's airy. It's light. Um, And there's a full, beautiful kitchen in there. So tell me a little bit about that kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen's pretty epic. It is a commercial kitchen, permanent commercial kitchen. So that's where the nutrition stream is run out of, but we also do a lot of social enterprise initiatives. Uh, We have a pop-up bakery that goes to Gray County. We have, throughout the summer, a weekly cafe 
that's open to the community to come one day per week and enjoy the fruits of their labor. So they work hard making baked goods and learning all of those things, but also labor market transferable skills. Sure. Uh, like somebody will be the barista and someone will help with cash, someone will help bus tables. All of those things are, are great for them to have opportunities for independence. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have the the stunning outdoor space with uh, pergolas and outdoor seating and small gardens and all those kinds of things. Tell us about how that uh, came about and what you're doing with that space. Yeah, we have a, a, a really neat outdoor space. And thanks to the support of Community Foundation's Great Bruce, we were um, allowed to expand to include a sensory garden this year with high-touch, high-fragrance um, plants, but also an edible garden. Uh, everything that's grown in there is done by participants and harvested and used within the nutrition stream, which is kind of neat. Yeah. We can get participants to eat things like kale. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's hard for anybody yeah. to, to start eating. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, but there's a basketball court out there. We have family barbecues. They do yoga out there. It's a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat space, and it's all done with cement so that uh, an electric wheelchair can also sort of boogie around out there and come in and out and do their own thing. Absolutely. And you have one heck of a mural at the back there as well, we done do. by uh, one of the local artists. Tell me about that. Yes, Billy Goodcat did that mural, which is super cool. And the participants helped. And that was done uh, with support of OPG, which is pretty, pretty neat. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, this the center really is, we call it the Miracle on 8th Street, because it's a testament to how awesome this community is yeah um, and how so many different groups stepped up to help make it happen for families um, yeah. which is really really a joy to be part of frankly absolutely when I um, was lucky enough to head over and get a tour and meet with Jennifer and and just kind of see the space um, programming was underway and I, I got to see everybody participating in these you know classes and programs and all that kind of stuff and honestly they all looked so fun uh <laughs> there were people doing art um people were dancing they yep. were in the dance studio or the the exercise studio that yep. you have um some were in the kitchen they were making brownies they did not share <laughs> um they weren't done yet but whatever um and yeah, you guys were busy. You split off into smaller groups and, and do, do you rotate? Can you tell me a little bit about the programming and the and what you offer and who teaches and who, who leads those programs? Sure, absolutely. So um, every day the, is a lot of structure and consistency, which is really important for the continued growth and development and skill acquisition for this population. So... Uh, the morning they arrive, we do something called chat and share where everyone gets a tea, coffee, sits down and shares whatever sort of exciting business they have to get off their chest so that they can move on with the day. Nice. Uh, they're broken off into cohorts. So the staff to participant ratio is no more than six to one. Okay. And they get all of the four sort of touch points by two o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, they get an hour of life skills which focuses on everything from safe social media use to why it's important you don't stink. Uh, we do an adaptive version of sign language in there so that nonverbal participants can connect with each other without an intermediary. Um, lots and lots of stuff goes on, what it means to be a friend, how to be an adult, all of those pieces. They get an hour of fitness and wellness in our fully kitted interactive gym space, which is pretty awesome. That's yeah. Yeah, they have dance parties, I'm not going to lie. They also have Mario Kart competitions at free time. That's fair. Yep. Uh, But they also do all all kinds of circuit training and strength training. And um, woven through the fabric of of that stream is self-regulatory strategies, 
what it means to set goals and not have immediate gratification, all of those things. Okay. Um, they get an hour of that. Then they have lunch. Uh, once a week we have a hot lunch. Uh, but otherwise they bring their lunch. Then they get the other two blocks, which uh, in this instance would be creative expressions and art um, and uh, nutrition and health. So in creative expressions and art, they learn things like emotional intelligence, theory of mind, neuroplasticity, all of those things, um, self-expression. And in nutrition and health, they learn what constitutes a healthy snack, uh, what's the Canada Food Guide, um, if a friend's coming over and you have this much money to make dinner, what are you going to make? Let's go get the stuff, prepare it, taste test, all that. Wow. So really in-depth stuff. Yep. And the sort of the overarching pillars of the agency is, is skill acquisition for independence and what independence looks like is different for every single participant. Of course. Meaningful contribution to community and friendship. So as long as we can connect the dots to one of those things, then typically we're in to give it a shot. So... Um, at two o'clock, once they've got all four of those sort of touch points, then we do something um, different every day. Sometimes we go to the park and play frisbee. Sometimes we have, you know, a group come in and do a chat with us, like Canada Mental Health will come in and sure. do a, a chat on friendship. Um, or we go out and about. We're going to swim at Harrison Park one day and, you know, all oh, kinds. Fun. Yeah, all kinds nice. of different stuff. And it's really great to sort of, as things reopen, to be able to get back out there doing a lot of these things uh, with the group. And then at three, they get a healthy snack. Everyone gets a healthy snack every day that they help prepare. Okay. And then they write in their agendas, and that's a wrap for the day. And they're usually pretty tired out and pretty spent by the end of the day, but they've had a good day and with their friends, and uh, it's all applied learning, which is pretty neat. Yeah, it sounds really fulfilling and, and fun. Um, one thing that you, you didn't mention was the shop you have there. We do. We have a learning yeah. shop. So tell us about um, that. There's been some amazing stuff in there I, I've seen. And uh, let us know a little bit about that, how those pieces come to be and uh, how they support the, the center. Sure. So everything in our learning shop is made by program participants to support the agency. Uh, they work really hard on those things and they're pretty cool. Uh, the shop is mirrored with an online version. There are some uh, in-person exclusives. Sure. Uh, we try to have new products in all the time and get out and about. And we have different groups that come in to utilize the space in evenings, on weekends. You can rent the space because it is a commercial kitchen. Um, and we have craft fairs there and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's pretty neat. So if I'm coming in for one of the open cafes that you have, uh, can I shop at the same time? Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so great. Um, you you touched on it a little bit um, about other groups, outside groups, um, renting the space, using the space. I mean, again, if you get a chance, look at this space. It is gorgeous. <laughs> um, between the outdoor and the indoor space and all that, I want it to be my house. I might just move <laughs> in. Um, but but tell us about the, the rental facilities and how they can be used by the outside group. And ultimately, I assume the rental fees would go to helping to support the, the agency. Yeah. So so tell me how we go about booking um, the rentals. It's, again, it's sort of straightforward. You just shoot an email to me, ed at reachcenter.org. Okay. And we have a conversation about what you need, what the space um, can do for you, whether it's a good fit. And if it's available, we have several different community groups that are now using it for their board meetings, for example. Okay. Um, some with catering, the participants can provide catering if you have a group. 
um, some without. Oh, we can hire them as caterers. Yep, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and they're very, very proud of that. They'll serve. Um, they have a variety of refreshment options that they help make. So it's a pretty neat, a pretty neat thing. Okay, I didn't know about the catering options. Yeah. That's definitely, I've, I've learned something new along with everybody else who's watching and listening. Um, no, that's really fantastic. And uh, when I was in there, I also noticed that all of the, the tables and everything are on casters or wheels so that they can be moved out. So the whole space is kind of modular and um, is accessible to any kind of thing. I mean, you could have square dancing in there if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. We throw down like a couple you of times. A year. <laughs> <laughs> we have full on dance parties with disco balls and the whole nine yards that's so. right there was plugs in the ceiling yep. so that you could hang your disco balls oh, yeah. and stuff yeah oh yeah they definitely like to move it move it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really well designed and really um just an inclusive and welcoming wonderful bright space and you even have quiet little nooks and things like that um should there be some sort of uh, you know, overstimulation or somebody just needs to move. And I mean, that's something that everybody suffers from, um, just needing a little bit of a time out. Um, can you just really quickly, we're running out of time, give me um, an overview of how it came to be? Sure. Uh, so it came from need. There was a group of parent leaders. Um, so this population can stay in secondary school for an extended period of time till they're 21. But then after that, they just sort of fall off of social service radar. And a group of parent leaders got together because they didn't want a remote control to be the future of their kid. Yeah. They pooled their resources and hired someone. So there was five families, founding families. Uh, and from there, we're now serving over 50 families in the program. Uh, it's been quite a journey to get to this point. There's no shortage of need without a doubt. We accept uh, 24 participants per day currently, and I'm at a service rate of 96 with a wait list. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, um, you know, there's always opportunities to be more efficient or utilize the space more effectively to do more good. So we're looking at different ways to help more people and get people off wait list or do wait list management or those sorts of things. So definitely arise out of need. Um, and is there anything yeah. that the community can do to, to help, to get involved, uh, to support you in any way? What, do you, what are you looking for? What do you need? There's no shortage because, like I said, <laughs> as, a, as a self-funded agency, we have to fundraise for you know, every piece of cheese and paintbrush yeah. we have. Um, so major big needs right now is uh, we need to replace our roof, which we didn't anticipate. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's, uh, we're trying to raise the roof. <laughs> and raise some funds to get that done sooner rather than okay. later. Um, but, you know, you can sponsor a participant that maybe doesn't have the means to come multiple days that could really benefit. You can sponsor a program. Uh, you can support us by volunteering. We love our volunteers. The application form is also on our website, and it's the same process. You print it off, drop it in, come in. We do a tour. We have a chat. Share with me what you're passionate about, and we can figure out how to leverage that. Um and uh, we have a fundraiser coming up uh, in October. We have the Reach in the Jar campaign, which we uh, blew out of the water last year. And that arose right. from the pandemic, a need to just pivot um, and be malleable. And we came up with this concept and the participants work really hard putting the jars together and then go out and um, you know, sell them to their networks and they make great gifts. So we're rolling that out in the fall. That's one of our 
our big fundraisers, which will hopefully help with the, the roof. The roof, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and then, so of course, you do your, your plant sale as well. We do our plant sale. Um, we're going to do another initiative, hopefully, uh, in the, for the holidays. Um, they do a lot of work with different, making different crafts and things for great gifts, so we're going to work on that. There's always stuff. We're always up to something. All right. So we are out of time, unfortunately, because I'm sure we could continue talking about this forever. Um, But if you could just give me uh, a couple details about how to get a hold of you. You've mentioned it a little bit earlier, but if you can just give me the formal website address, your socials, that kind of stuff, let us know how we can get in touch. Okay. So the website is just reachcenter.org. Okay. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Reach Center Great Bruce and on Instagram at Reach Center Great Bruce. And I highly advise that everybody should follow. Um, their plant sale is incredible, and their their gifts that are all handmade are also incredible. And uh, you're doing really amazing things there. And is, we're so lucky to have you as part of the River District. Um, as for me, my name is Vivica Gravel, the Community Development Coordinator for the City of Owen Sound, and you've been listening to the River District podcast. You can always. Check us out at owensoundriverdistrict.ca and on our socials at at riverdistrictos. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.